build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode 95. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast and just by accident you're listening, this is the moment to actually go out there and subscribe to this podcast. All right, what do we have? We have Paul and Monique van der Linden, full circle sailing with Monique and Paul van der Linden. Monique and Paul have been cruising the globe for their in their full circle sailing boat since 2011. They've been around the world and are planning to keep on doing this for at least two years at the time of this recording. Paul is an ex-marketeer and he's been sailing longer than Monique. Monique is an ex-stewardess who was looking for someone to go sailing with. They found each other and off they went. With a full circle sailing business, they sometimes do take guests for a stretch. All right, let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning, Paul, and good morning, Monique. Or is it good morning? Uh, here it is uh, evening. We are in Cape Town now. Yeah. So, good evening, Chris. Yes, good evening, Paul. Um, okay, well, in the introduction, I've mentioned already what you guys are doing. Uh, still, Paul, you and I, we've never met. Um, uh, so, this is our f- first virtual meeting. Um, and Monique, I've known you for years, but I've also unknown you for probably even more years because it's been like yes. ages now since we've seen each other. And before I hit record, I said it's about a hundred years ago that we've seen each other and you actually turn it into 200 years. So, yes. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit. That's always my first question is always, um, tell us a little bit about because it's a duo interview. Where are you guys from? Where are you now? And what would you consider your cultural frame of reference, if that makes any sense? Um, yeah, we, we are from the Netherlands uh-huh. and uh, we decided to uh, sail around the world. Uh, we left in 2011, um, not knowing if it would be for three, four or five years, but now it's even seven years. Yeah. And we plan another year or one or two, uh, and then probably we will be back in, in the Netherlands. Okay, so plus two years. Okay, so you've been out of the country now for seven years. Um, That's right. And you're going to possibly turn that into nine or, or ten-ish. Um, and what is your, Paul, in this case, your so-called cultural frame of reference? What have you done in terms of working internationally or being internationally? Yeah, well, I was a uh, uh, marketeer for quite a long time in uh, uh, food business, uh-huh. uh, food producing companies. Um, and um, after that, I've been in uh, yeah, what we call higher in, in education in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, also uh, giving classes in uh, international business and management school. All right. Okay. I see. Makes good sense. And Monique, tell us, I, I know a little bit about your background, but the audience, of course, has no clue. So tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Uh, I used to work um, in hotel business. Uh, I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, <laughs> I did hotel school in Holland. And my first um, um, job. job abroad was in Switzerland. Uh -huh. I've been working in a hotel in Switzerland for two years. And after that, I started working for KLM. And I was a flight attendant for about eight years, and I did some other jobs uh, within KLM. All right. And after that, I started working for the company where I know you from, Chris. Yes. And that was also quite international. Yeah. And and um, uh, you left before I did, didn't you? Didn't you? You left that Dutch yeah, company where we so. both I... were working together before I did. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. So. I think so. Yeah. So you guys, um, I'm not going to ask, well, not, I mean, not how you met. That's, that's, that is, uh, I don't know if that's important or has to do part of, 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 very of, of your, of your, of your decision making. Is this, is this relevant to ask? Yes, I think so because it's quite a nice story. Okay. Go ahead. We like stories. Uh, it, has to, it has to do, uh, with what we are doing now. Yeah. Um, I was alone in the Netherlands and I thought I'm going to look for a nice guy. And uh, it happened that I uh, met the, the, the sailing, um, yeah, how do you call that, the sailing world. Yeah. So I thought, let's look on the internet if I can find a, a nice guy who likes sailing. Yeah. So I was looking on the internet and I put the word sailing in the machine and then a lot of people came out. Yeah. And then I saw a nice picture of a guy behind a big steering wheel, and that what happens to be Paul. Uh -huh. And what is very nice, what's the nicest part of this story, and it's not joking, yeah. Paul had a very nice um, profile, and his last sentence was, um, I would like to make a, a sailing trip around the world. Yes. And I thought, well, I never get an answer, but... Yeah, I just wrote a sentence back, when are we leaving? <laughs> and it happens to be that we are on, on our boat for seven years now. Wow. So, and this is, this is no joke. It's really, it's really the truth. Wow. wow. And I think, Paul, you met one of the nicest women or people in the world, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the profile was perhaps interesting to more women, but um, when they reacted, uh, I, I could read between the sentences that there would be problems uh, in in leaving for a couple of years with a sailing boat. Yeah, and um, and that was not the case with Monique. And Monique uh, is really a very nice guy and, and guy girl a girl. <laughs> and I think we we yeah we um, yeah we're doing great. So how do you? Because that that is because I've been following you guys uh, on on Facebook and your your travels and all, and the thing for me that has always uh, like questioned me like how where is the point where you say okay I'm done here I'm gonna give up I'm I'm leaving how does that work how do you do that leaving the Netherlands you mean. yeah well I mean basically what you what you do is and, and apparently Paul you have more sailing experience or initially you had more sailing experience than Monique had. Uh, or it was a good Photoshop picture. I don't know, but you, you, um, Monique, you had a life or like a home and a and a and a, and a sofa and a kitchen and uh, and a bed. And you say, "I'm going to let that go." And and I want, I want, what what makes you do this? No, it's just um, sailing is nice. Yeah. And yeah, adventure is nice. I liked, I always uh, like traveling. Yeah. 
and Paul likes sailing very much. And um, well, when we met each other, we were talking about this and we thought we're not going to do this straight away. And what we did was renting a boat in uh, Croatia uh-huh. and we inviting some friends who would like to have a holiday with us on this boat to find out if the trip, what we are were planning in our heads already would be nice. Well, yeah. this turned out to be very nice. And Paul um, did an ocean crossing with, uh, Paul is, was a teacher for a sailing school in Holland. Okay. So he's a sailing instructor at sea, at sea sailing boats. So he had a lot of experience and he used to have a, um, one student on his boat and this guy was planning to sail to the Caribbean and uh, he was looking for crew and right. Paul just for fun also well if you don't find anybody call me and that's yeah. what he did Paul <laughs> had already experienced crossing one ocean before we actually left okay and this guy was alone and uh, when he was in the Caribbean he was also looking for people uh, on his boat just not to be alone you know and yeah. now Paul said well I, I would like to come and uh, in the meanwhile we met and had a relationship so he asked this guy if he could take me as well yeah. so we stayed on the boat for about six weeks and yeah. then you can yeah then we got to know the the life at sea and the life between the sailors and yeah and that was and, was that something like um, evidently, Paul, you've done this before, but for for Monique, for you, was this something you you were able to get used to quite easily? Because, I mean, being out, eventually there's nowhere to go. I mean, rather than going going up in the mast, maybe or down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, that it becomes like a mini mini culture in a way. How do you how do you deal with that, or how do you prepare for that? Yeah, well, um, well, I, yeah, I, I like sailing very much, and uh, there was a longing to sail around the world already for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the funds to do that on myself. I could sell a, a very good uh, company or so. Yeah. Um, so it was an issue. And uh, Monique and I, together, we thought, well, we can sail with guests. Yeah. So actually, that's what doing and uh, so we are making some money yeah and it's not covering all the costs but it's, it's helping a lot. lot yeah and um yeah and so then you have also something to do you know we both said to each other if we were not sailing with guests probably we should have been home already yeah because you all the time you have to yeah something to yeah. look forward to and to prepare things and and we make a schedule for a year ahead uh-huh. what other sailors are doing and yeah it's sometimes we think it's hard to get stick to the schedule but let's knock it knock on wood yeah we could it all the time so uh, but i think yeah. that helps also because it's 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 really our work right? we have people on board and they want to do like uh, the dishes or something else we always say you're allowed to do anything you like on board but you don't have to right. and don't feel feel stupid that we are doing the dishes because i'm always saying it's our work so and you mm-hmm. are having your holiday you pay us for it for it so mm-hmm. just do what you really want to do when you're having uh, your holiday yeah. and yeah and your business is called full circle sailing yes that's, that's, right. um, that's yeah go ahead paul 
Yeah, that's right. Full circle sailing. I'll, uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more um, in in a couple of moments. It's um, I did write down a couple of things, and as you are talking, I'm I'm writing down more more questions. Um, why do you do this in terms of why do you go sailing? Why don't you just you know buy a hut in in Papua New Guinea and sit there? Yeah, that's just because um, I like sailing very much, and um, Monique uh, also started to like sailing more and more. And it's a very nice way of uh, of traveling, um, and it's there is a big difference in crossing an ocean. Sometimes it, that also can be boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're looking forward for a new country where you uh, plan to make landfall and trips you are gonna do there, and you meet uh, other people. Um, I mean, we've spent a whole year in the in the Pacific, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, And most of the people, they know that uh, you have uh, islands called Fiji and and, uh, Tonga and uh, Tahiti, and it should be somewhere in the Pacific, but we have visited them them all. And and, yeah, that that was really very nice to do. Yeah, you come to places which is really difficult. Yeah. To go by plane or it's... Very expensive, or you know, and it, they, these are all islands, so mm-hmm. people are quite isolated there, mm-hmm. and it's a nice way to yeah yeah to travel there. And is, do you have any do you have any preference? You've you've been around the world, um, and but do you have any preference? Like, oh, this was really nice, or here the people were really the nicest, uh, and the opposite, yeah. of course. That's that's yeah. a question that is asked to us um, perhaps twice a week, <laughs> and, and so of yeah, course what, we. So what is your standard answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we do. Yeah, it's not really a standard answer, and uh, but we liked French Polynesia a lot, uh-huh. um, perhaps because it is so isolated, as Monique already uh, pointed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like New Zealand very much. Um, Madagascar. Madagascar, also the islands of Vanuatu. Um, Where's that? We Paul? visited Vanuatu. Um, that's about a thousand uh, nautical miles uh, north of uh, New Zealand. Okay. Uh, that's about two thousand, of- a little less than two thousand kilometers, which I reckon is about sixteen hundred miles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, but it's an an, uh, an island group. And uh, right before we uh, visited it, mm-hmm. it was um, uh, it was hit by a very large uh, hurricane mm-hmm. in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, um, that was 2015, 15, I think. Yeah. yeah, 15. So almost three years ago now. Yeah, and um, and we we heard about that when we were still in New Zealand, and we thought, well, should we go there? Um, and then we decided, well, we go and, and we we will bring some help to those people because, yeah, it was really horrible. And um, it turned out to be, a, 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 how do you say, a very big program that, that yeah, Monique got on the Internet and uh, wrote emails to a lot of uh, friends. And we got some attention in sailing magazines. And in, in two weeks' time, we had uh, almost 5,000 euro. So we could um, buy a lot of stuff for for the people over there, like food and tools and right. yeah, even 
at a school in New Zealand, we um, we met a, a Dutch guy who was living 25 years already in New Zealand, and he had two daughters at, at school. So he said, well, do a kind of uh, talk in the class for right. my children and and their and the other students and ask if if they have like dolls or toys or clothes yes. or anything yeah. at home what they would like to uh, give to the people of Vanuatu so yeah. we uh, our boat was never so full <laughs> with stuff as since uh, yeah, we yeah. left New Zealand yeah. and talking about cultural and, 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 and people, these people in Vanuatu, they are really poor and not mm-hmm. only because of the cyclone, even if the cyclone wasn't hitting Vanuatu, the people were already very poor, but yeah. these people are so happy. And um, uh, so when you asked Vanuatu, where's that? Uh, you will understand that Vanuatu for us is very special now sure. after that adventure. And um, yeah, we will never forget about that. And on every map, uh, we can point it out immediately. Yeah. And that's what happening. You travel like we do, I think. That's yeah. You, you really meet people, you yeah. know. And of course, when the people heard we were doing a kind of organization to bring this stuff to uh, to Vanuatu, they said, "Oh, you have to call these people this because they're gonna distribute uh, all the." all the material and things like that. But we thought, no, the people who gave us money for mm-hmm. this, for these people in Vanuatu, they mm-hmm. gave us the money because they knew we're going to buy stuff for it and it it comes to the right place. Yeah. It's, di- you know? it's direct if, aid, yeah. Yeah. Direct aid, yeah. So even uh, like people we don't know, we, we thought if people just give, give five euro or something like that, we, we can buy something, but people happen to give like 50 euro, some hundred, and mm. even from one person we got 300 euro, mm. just because they thought this is nice and yeah, it's it's yeah, direct, direct help. Aid. That, yeah. That's what yeah. they liked. Yeah. Is this it? Now this is this is uh, was a beneficiary uh, action that you that you deployed, which uh, by listening to you really has touched you and and possibly maybe even has changed you, but it's it's. Would you call this a delightful thing, or, or because I wrote down, uh, what would be your most, or what was your most delightful experience, and what was the most scary experience, doing what you what you did, what you have done in the last, uh, what is it, seven years? Uh, perhaps the scariest moment we should keep for last. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so long ago, actually. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But most delightful, yeah. I mean, this this what you've done um, in terms of this beneficiary action. I think is can be called delightful, but it's also, I mean, helping is not necessarily delightful, although it can make no. you feel good. No, no, but it, it's um, it's a it's a good feeling if you can do something like that. And we were there on the right moment. We could mm. do it, um, and and I'm happy that we that we did it. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of other situations, you are not able to help, but we were able to help, and I think that's why we did it. And and then, what was the most scary experience? Yeah, well, um, we had a few scary um, uh, moments, but um, while well, sailing around uh, South Africa, it's not that easy, and all sailors know that. Yeah. Um, you're thinking about it and preparing already months before. 
Um, but we did it quite recently. Mm-hmm. And the most uh, scary moment was actually um, right after we passed uh, the Cape of Good Hope. Yeah. Uh, wind uh, started picking up uh, to over 50 knots. That's in on the before scale, that's uh, 10. Yeah. So that's really stored. And we had that for about two, three hours um, till we sailed into uh, Table Bay. Yeah. And that was the strongest wind I think we ever experienced with our boat. And uh, yeah, we were very happy that finally we were safe in, uh, in the Table Bay at anchor. And not and even in the harbor because there was too much wind to yeah. go into the harbor. So we had to stay in, in uh, for anchor. For two more nights, which mm-hmm. wasn't fun also. No, not so comfortable. <laughs> no, I can. Are you getting sick at those moments or have you passed that moment long ago? Yeah, I think we passed that moment uh, quite long ago. Um, that So that was not an issue for us. It was scary because you not know. I mean, every material, yeah, also yourself. But now we were more worried about, about the boat, about the rigging. Right. And everything has its... It's, uh, it's limits, you could say. Mm-hmm. And you never know where the limit is. But, okay. We have a strong boat. And yeah. our boat uh, was perfect even in, in this storm. Yeah, but it you never know. Piece. Yeah, but you never know if something breaks. And if sure. something small breaks, something bigger will break or yes. something yeah. like that. That was worrying us. And yeah. for the rest, it wasn't scary. Um, like, we, we, were, we were not scared for ourselves, but just that something like this yeah. happened. Like a domino effect. If one thing goes, then the other yeah. things might actually yeah, that's be right. Yeah. It can start with, with just a shackle breaking and, and, and then uh, a silk can completely rip with, with, yeah. with the strong wind and, and yeah, things like that. Then no doubt, and I'm, this is this is what's on my mind, and no doubt li- listeners are also thinking this, why on earth do this? I mean, it's, and of course it has all the good sides. Uh, and then this, yeah, well. <laughs> this scary hours and two nights being in, in, in some rough sea in front of Table Mountain or Table Bay is maybe not that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we did leave uh, to sail in, in four stand winds, but yeah, you know, it can happen. Yeah. Uh, in seven years, this happens only this time. It was like this big storm. And one time we had a very big storm when we were at anchor in Thailand somewhere. Yeah. But for the rest, yeah, you can have stronger winds and stronger winds, we say like 30, 35 knots. Mm-hmm. And that, that can handle. And of course, it's nicer when you're with 15 to 25 knots. Sure. Like sure, that. sure, sure. 35 yep. knots, you can handle. But in seven years, only like two storms. It's not bad. It's not so okay. bad. No, no. You, it, you no. both. It sounds like you both are ta- know what you're talking about uh, with with uh, all this in knots and nautical miles and etc. etc. But you also turned this into a business, your full full circle sailing business, where you keep a blog um, and quite an interesting one as well with lots of pictures uh, and stuff that could could go directly into a, a travel magazine, I believe. Um, so you get people from people from different countries that sail with you, like from A to B, and then get off, and then or how does that work? Yeah, well, it, it yeah, it can uh, work like that. Um, actually, most of our guests are from the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, but 
we had also some guests, some friends from from Norway, even from Turkey, uh-huh. uh, but most from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be from A to B, but it can also be from A. Uh, coming back to A, which makes it more right. easy for to fly in, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the, the big difference with uh, other people doing something like us is, I think, that we we sail around the world. Uh-huh. We sail what we like to sail. The the we visit the countries we want to visit, and on all the stretches uh, we take people if they like. Yeah. Uh, so on our website, you can see our program, uh, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a, a lot more profitable business. We are sure about that. <laughs> yeah. It stayed in, in one area, and that could be uh, Malaysia, Thailand, or it could be the Caribbean. The Caribbean. Sure. Uh, but, but that's not sailing around the world, and that's not what we uh, wanted to do. No, no you yeah, set your own schedule. Yeah. yeah, we stayed in uh, Malaysia, Thailand for uh, about a year mm-hmm. because otherwise uh, we were sailing from New Zealand to Asia and then we had to go straight from Asia to, um, to here. To here. And we mm-hmm. thought it's, it's too much, too much miles. Yeah. So we decided to stay a year in, in Thailand and I we discussed and we thought, yeah, maybe we can have more guests on board mm. and yeah that's true we can see that dutch people prefer to to uh, visit places easy to reach you know just right. taking one like uh, to thailand or to malaysia or to bali or something like that yeah. and uh, yeah it happened that we had a, had a lot of Quite guests a lot of guests on board yeah. so for us yeah. it was a good year and we could make some money yeah because we Expecting the Indian Ocean, yeah, we should have less less uh, people on board. Uh, So you you both are a Dutch couple. Um, Does that help you in in any way when you're dealing with people from from other cultures? Is it neutral or have you also found cultures where being Dutch is a hindrance, particularly because the Dutch are so well known for their directness and bluntness? Okay, yeah, well, that's that's a very interesting question, Chris. Uh, I think it helps being from the Netherlands. Um, in almost every country, people are very positive about the Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's it's not Johan Cruyff anymore, but now it's uh, um, um, Arjen Robben, uh, but it's still the, the football players uh-huh. who are famous, of course, and people like to talk about. Uh, that happens uh-huh. uh, here in South Africa. It's it's uh, a bit different because yeah, there is the the, the language, the Afrikaans, but yeah. it's quite similar to to the Dutch language, of uh-huh. course. And in that respect, we have other contexts, and that makes it also very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's not bad uh, sailing around the world as a Dutchman. Okay. No, and it happens to be that. Yeah, we meet a lot of nice people, just especially also recently here in South Africa, and people are so friendly and and invite you yeah. and, and help you and yeah, that's nice. Is yeah. there? It, it's and in the beginning you said okay, you're on your way for seven years. You're planning to add another two. Uh, why do you? Why would you just not stay away forever? Yeah, well, 
Um, <laughs> if I may ask, year, I mean, uh, yeah, in, in a couple of months, we uh, we hope to uh, be back in the Caribbean again. I mean, we sail up from Cape Town, visit Namibia for about a week, and mm-hmm. then to the islands of uh, Saint Helena and uh, some uh, Brazilian islands, and then it's uh, to Suriname and mm-hmm. to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. When we reach the Caribbean, actually, we have done our Full circle, right? And of course, we we can do another uh, trip. We can stay in the Caribbean longer, but we feel it's also time to do something else. And and um, yeah, we we feel not retired or so. We are in our mid fifties, and uh, yeah, we, we we think it's it's nice to do something else also. And also, sometimes we see very, very old people on sailing boats, and the sailing <laughs> don't look very nice. And then we always watch to each other and say, we don't want to become like this. No. You know, there are a lot of sailors who stay in cheap areas yeah. because they don't have any money, even no money to to uh, to be, maintain the boat, for example. We don't want to become like that. And Paul has two daughters also in the Netherlands. Right. And okay. I think they'd be happy when their father is also a little bit I more I can imagine. Around. That I can imagine. It's a, Do you think you guys, having been away so long, do you think you could, you can return? I mean, physically, of course, yeah. you can return. You've got the passport, so there's no hindrance there. But you think you can actually settle back again? Yeah, well, that's a question also about once a week is asked us. <laughs> No, it's. I'm it's not logical. very original. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we but we uh, think about it all the time and we discuss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, leaving uh, is not that easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we quit jobs and we sold our house and cars and everything and yeah. we left. Yeah. But coming back is perhaps even more difficult. I guess. Uh, uh, finding a job is not that easy. So we are discussing what to do mm-hmm. or start another business. Uh, perhaps that's more logical for us to do, mm. uh, but it's yeah, it's quite something. Yeah, I can and imagine. We talk about it a lot nowadays. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's going away to another. Typically, I mean, when you're when you stay on on land on mainland, if people go from one country to the other, most of us go through this phenomenon called culture shock. Which, which yeah. is, you know, you go to the new country, which at first the two weeks are like the honeymoon. Everything is wonderful and great. And then, you know, you start to miss your own country and you start to wonder what are all these other people doing? And eventually you declare them completely crazy. Then you end up in this, in this quote unquote depression. And uh, usually people get out of this and it takes about uh, six to nine months. And then people tend to sort of climb out of that, well, quote unquote, depression again. But apparently the same holds true for people coming back, having been away for, for quite a long time. Uh, for the, for the most reason is this, that now you are, you are interesting. I'm making air quotes here again. Um, because you're actually, you're doing it, you're living it. But then when you come back, very few people, I guess, will be interested, you know, in the five, 5,000 um, photos that you can show them. Uh, look, this is our trip. <laughs> they haven't been there. They have, don't have that experience. So uh, yeah. that could that you could end up in a in a in some sort of culture shock coming back as well, like you said, Paul. Uh, which I guess, I guess indeed I would agree with you. The coming back is potentially even even more difficult than leaving. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, we will find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if you do, you will find out, and then again, you can always pack up your bags and leave again. Of course. 
Now that but that's that's also more or less what what we uh, what we say. Uh, it's not that we plan. I mean, we will sell the boat and we will start over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not going to work out, if it's not making us happy, yeah. we make new plans. I mean, uh, uh, feeling a kind of independency, uh, I think, is very important. And uh, so we are not looking forward to settling in just one place for for the next 30 years or so. No, 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 no. no. Then you'll be in your 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I can imagine indeed. I mean, talking about now talking to you guys uh, uh, live here, you being in Cape Town uh, and me being in, uh, in in Brussels in Belgium, I've got I've got a, 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 a thousand ideas, commercial ideas running through my mind what you could do with what you've done. Um, in terms of, you know, setting up a business and, and, and generating an income, uh, without, without giving up the, the, the freedom or the, uh, well, I don't know, there was, without making any concessions there. there are, are we are certainly interested in your ideas, uh, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, uh, put them here in, um, in this podcast. Um, I'm more than willing to talk to you guys about that, uh, a little later off, off the air, so to speak. Um, and looking at that and mentioning, mentioned that this is a nice segue to, um, come towards the conclusion because we've been talking for like for, uh, like 30 minutes or something. And my last two questions always are the same. And the one but last question is from your experience, having been away, having done what you've done, having been in contact with different cultures for all these years, if if you want to be us, me uh, as myself, us as the audience, if we want to become more culturally competent, what three tips could you give us in order for us to better adapt or deal with people from different cultures? Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 not very easy to to uh, to answer right away. What I was thinking when you are phrasing your question is, um, what we experience is that in, in a lot of countries um, out of the Netherlands, uh, people are not so um, living, not so hectic. Uh, um, there's more time for 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 everything to do, um, and well, that's a very important thing. I think, and uh, that's in the same time, what we are worrying a bit going back to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want, we do not want to be in the rat race again. And, and, and that is difficult uh, to stay away from it if you live in the Netherlands. Yeah. And we experience that already if we are on holiday, as we do visiting family and friends in yeah. the Netherlands for only six weeks or so. Yeah. It's not exactly answering your question i'm afraid perhaps monique can no but something. what i can say uh, is be open and be yourself uh, with people from other cultures you know if you're open open-minded and friendly and and, and ask questions ask questions yeah, yeah then yeah good you enough get, yeah yeah you don't have to be original with this i asked this question to 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 everyone i interview and i have over 300 of these tips right now um, I like asking questions as well because that is something that is the, the the motto that I go by. If I don't understand anything or something not, then um, you don't you don't really ask like what do you do, but more in terms of like I'd like to understand what you're doing. Can you explain to me? And and my my experience is that people are more than willing to talk about themselves uh, if you ask that in such a way in in as they say in an inquisitive way. So uh, I, sure, because you show that you are interested exactly. in what. It- 
in how are how they are living yeah. and uh, yeah yeah okay uh, last question then and that's an easy one uh, if people want to get in touch with you or if they want to read more about you uh, where can they do that in other words how can people get in touch www.fullcirclesailing.com <laughs> <laughs> that's our web circle sailing dot com yeah. or dot uh, nl and we write stories about all our trips and we have a planning people can sail with us we you can see where we are we have um, a button you can touch that gives the position where we are sailing oh. um, we have a lot mm -hmm. of pictures yeah um, it yeah. gives good idea what people can expect uh, yeah. being on the yeah. boat for a week or two weeks yeah, yeah. Full circle for, for, for let me do this again. Fullcirclesailing.com. That would be the site. I think the dot com would be plenty enough uh, yeah. to mention there. And all uh, pictures and blogs are there. Nice pictures, I must say, because I've seen that. I've seen the website as well. Nice blogging as well, by the way. Um, is that you, Paul, or Monique? Who's blogging? Both. Ah. Um, I mean, I think Monique is blogging a lot more. Yeah. Uh, if you find more technical story about storms or, or <laughs> ancient troubles or so, it would be my... <laughs> okay, nice division of roles there. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Guys, when do you guys depart there from uh, from Cape Town? When are you leaving? Next week. Next week, next week. yeah. Okay, well, if enjoy. If weather is good, it yes. would be next week. Okay. Well, enjoy this wonderful country of South Africa. Um, have a safe onward journey and maybe two years is going to eventually turn into 20 years. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Take care. And I'm sure we'll be in touch. Okay. okay. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Monique and Paul, for the interview. Uh, happy sailings from Cape Town. And uh, happy and safe sailings, of course, uh, further down the line or up to the Caribbean or wherever your travels may take you. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do so right now. That makes an excellent moment to do this. And also, when you're there, why don't you leave a review? Um, and what else do I have to say? This episode was actually produced by Janice Sheila. The music was by Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time. See ya. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.